I've been working on this episode for quite a while. The topic is something that comes up more than any other. I'm constantly being asked to look at pitch decks and help people with their seed round fundraising. So in this episode, I'm gonna share with you my five-step process for building the perfect pitch deck. Hi, I'm Lance, welcome to Fill the Boot, a podcast with tips and advice for early stage founders. You can also get this information from our YouTube channel or our website at feeltheboot.com. These five steps are a process, not a recipe. I don't have template slides and I don't have forms for you to fill in. We're not playing Mad Libs here. Every pitch needs to be unique to your company. As you work on your deck and your pitch, keep in mind the purpose of your pitch deck. It only exists to generate interest, set a hook in the investor's mind and get you onto that next stage, move you into due diligence. It's extremely unlikely that anyone's actually going to invest in your company based solely on the pitch. So you don't need to answer all their questions there. You just need to generate enough excitement and interest to get them to want that next meeting, to want to get answers to those questions. The five steps of the process are, first, gather. Pull together all the information about your company. Two, focus. Choose which of those things you really want to put in the deck. What are the things you want to focus on in your pitch? Three, organize. How do you lay out that information in a way that helps you convey your message? Four, build. Actually build the deck. And five, polish. Refine your presentation and your pitch to a sharp edge. Start by gathering all the information about your company that might make it into your pitch deck. You're going to want to put down answers to each one of the following questions. And I've created a worksheet, link in the description, which you can use to capture all this information. So you don't need to take notes on all of these as I'm talking. First, what is your business? What problem are you trying to solve and how are you solving it? Two, how are you going to grow the business? What's your go-to-market strategy? What's special about your business? Do you have any secret sauce or special unfair advantage over any of your competitors? Is this idea defensible? Are there ways that you can keep other companies from jumping into your turf? Are there network effects or intellectual property, patents, anything at all that allows you to hold on to that market? Who is the customer and why do they need this problem solved? What's driving them to want to pay for the thing that you're going to build? What's the competition? Who's out there serving these customers now? And why is what you're planning so much better than what they're doing now that they're willing to take on the effort of switching? What's your business model? How are you going to make money? If not now, at least eventually. And what are the key economics around your business? What are your financial projections? What's your roadmap? Where is your company going? Are you going to run out of money soon? And if so, when do you need to raise more funds and how much will you need to raise? Why is now the time for your business? Are there new trends, new markets, new technologies, new problems? What is going on that makes this the right moment for a company like yours? Why this team? Why are you the right person or group of people to start this company as opposed to someone else? And if there are gaps in your team, admit that and think about how you plan to fill them and when. What's the current status of the company? What have you actually accomplished? What have you built? How mature is that technology? Do you have customers or trials? What kind of traction have you managed to achieve? And finally, what's the deal that you're putting on the table? Is there an amount you're raising? What are the terms? What's the valuation? What's the structure? Is this a safe, a note, preferred stock? 
Are there any other things we need to know about? Are there interest rates? Is there a cap on the note, for example? Understand all of the terms that are going to matter to your investor. Answering these probably isn't the work of just a minute or two. These are fairly profound questions, and it's important that you really take the time to answer them thoroughly. Make sure you have good answers to all of these points. And if it turns out that you don't, it may be too early for you to pitch because that's likely to come out to the investors that you're talking to, and that'll be a big black mark. So if you don't have good answers to those questions, step back and do some more work on your business before you try to go out and raise that round of funding. Now that you've captured all that information, you want to focus in on what you actually want to have in the deck. And what are the points or ideas that it's most critical for the audience to hear and understand? And when you're building this deck in this presentation, always be thinking about it from that audience's perspective. What is it they need to know? What information will help them make decisions? In fact, I recently created an episode on the nine things angel investors want to see when they're pitched. Link to that's also in the description. As you're thinking about what to put in the pitch, try to remember to keep it at a high level. You want to be at a 60,000 foot altitude, not down at the ground. We don't want to be in the weeds looking at the minutia of your product. We want to understand what is this thing and how does it fit into the marketplace and how does it solve the problems of your customers? So try not to baffle us with really microscopic information or super technical data about your solution. On the other hand, do state the obvious. You're living in this world. You're building this company. A huge amount of what's obvious to you is not going to be obvious to your audience, to the investors who are listening to you, particularly if they're not specialists in this area. So if you're talking to a general group of angels, assume that at least half of them have no idea about your marketplace at all. Who knows what their individual backgrounds may be? Look at that list of things you put together in phase one. Which of those are your superpower? Just one, maybe two things that are truly outstanding about your company and that you want to make a point of highlighting. This is the most important thing for your investor audience to remember and take away from your pitch. Make a note of that one. Having found that most important piece of information, go back and look for what are the other things you really want to highlight. This time you can go three to five items. These are gonna be the next level of information. Remember, most people after a few days only retain three to five pieces of information from a presentation they've seen. So you wanna make a point of really highlighting and hammering these key points so that those are the things they remember as opposed to some unimportant detail that you put in your deck. At the same time, look for information that does not serve you well, things that aren't going to help you make your case. Every piece of information in a deck needs to fight for its existence. Why are you telling them this piece of information? Why is this story relevant? Why is this graph important? If it's not, it should go because pitches are short and you don't want to have any wasted time and you don't want to distract your audience with things that it's not critical for them to see and understand. At this point, you should have narrowed your list down and have a pretty good idea of the points you want to make and the things you want to particularly emphasize, but not necessarily how you're going to deliver it. That's next. A pitch is really just a special kind of presentation. I put together an hour-long video on how to create and deliver presentations link down below that covers all of this information in a lot more detail. 
Different contexts require different kinds of deck. You're not going to be able to hit every situation with just one version. So I encourage you to modify your deck for each different context. So for example, time. Some angel groups give you five minutes, some angel groups give you 20 minutes, and you don't want to just accelerate your talk or speak really slowly or try to ad-lib and soft shoe in the middle. You're going to want to modify that deck to deliver maximum impact with the time you have available. You also want to modify it based on your audience. If you're talking to an industry group that's super familiar with what you're doing, then you don't need to spend as much time introducing the general concept to them, and you can go right to the meat of things. You can also feel comfortable using jargon and specialty terminology where, with a general audience, you need to be very careful about that. You need to state the obvious to them. But with a specialist group, stating the obvious might even seem insulting. Finally, you need to think about whether this is a presentation you're going to give in person or something that you're going to email out, that they're going to read on their own. Because those two decks also are very different. A deck that you're going to present, you want to have very few words, very little background clutter, because you want people focused on you, not on the thing over your shoulder. Right? If they're reading, they're not listening to you. And vice versa, if they're listening to you, they're not reading. So why do you have those words on there? But if it's a read alone deck, there is no you there to present. So everything needs to be comprehensible from just reading the deck. So you need to put in those words. You need to put in that detail. In fact, I did an entire episode just on why you need two versions of decks, the read alone and the presentation deck, linked down in the description. I want to make a radical suggestion at this point. Don't go to your computer. Don't open PowerPoint or Keynote or any presentation software. Go get yourself either 3x5 cards, sticky notes, or mind mapping software. Because you want to have an organization process that's frictionless. So you're going to jot down all of the things you want to talk about in your deck on 3x5 cards. We'll assume that's the media. And then you can start moving them around. You can lay them all out on a table. You can see them all at once. And if you have more than about a dozen cards, that never works in presentation software. By the time you get that many on your screen, they're too small to read. But you could easily read 30, 40 cards laid out on a table all at once while you're standing there. And of course, that means you don't write too much on it. So each card only has a few words, a, a, maybe a sentence at most, or a hand-drawn diagram, just a little squiggly graph perhaps. Keep it super simple. The idea is it should take you no more than a couple of seconds to create any of these. And the reason that's important is you don't want to be attached to these cards. As you start laying them out and organizing them, you don't want to be like, oh man, I don't want to throw that out. I spent a lot of work on that. You want to be happy to just tear it up and throw it out and scribble on a new card. Create new decks, new slides, new content, divide things up, combine them. It should be a matter of seconds to do any of those. If you want to rearrange them, you just grab a bunch of them and move them on the table. Again, no friction to the process means you're more likely to make any changes you need to. And the whole process of organizing your deck requires making a lot of changes. In terms of organization of your presentation, beginnings and endings matter. They're the things your audience will remember the best. So you want to make sure the first thing in your presentation is impactful and you end with a strong statement as well. I did an entire episode on strong openings, link down in the description. I recommend that you may want to put that superpower item in that first position, maybe first and last. And try to avoid any sort of long introductory things. You don't need to spend time thanking the audience or saying who you are. 
Your logo's up there on the slide. That goes without saying. It's probably been up there while you were walking up to the front of the room. So you want to jump in immediately with a strong opening statement about who you are, what your strengths are, something that's going to grab the interest of the audience in the first couple of seconds before they have time to sort of zone out. If you can, organize your deck as a narrative. Stories are much more memorable than individual pieces of data. So you want to weave things together. The slide should flow smoothly from one to another. You can be telling stories about how you started the company or why you realized this was a big problem. Or you could tell a story about a hypothetical customer and their user experience. One of the companies I advise actually created a children's book explaining their product and they walk their investors and partners through it. And it's been tremendously successful, as silly as it kind of sounds. Once you think you have the cards in a reasonable order, it tells a story, it lays out all the information, you think you're hitting the important points and emphasizing the things that you want to emphasize, walk through it. Imagine yourself delivering this and think about what are the transitions? How are you going to move from one slide, one card to the next one? And then rearrange it. You may find that, you know, that's an awkward transition. I'm really making a big jump here. Maybe I need to shuffle things around or I'm making a statement, but the information I need to understand that statement was actually later in the deck. Move it up. You're going to find that this is going to reorder things quite a bit as you move through. Then start actually presenting from the cards. The way I do it, I lay them all out on the table and I just stand there and look at each one and imagine I'm clicking a clicker as I go through it and read through the entire thing. Deliver it with energy, with voice, and get a feel for exactly how do these things move? Does this flow in the way I thought it would? And almost always, I end up doing a bunch more reorganization as I get a feel for it. And that's going to enhance the feel of the presentation. It's going to help bring your audience along on this story that you're trying to tell. This is a great time to take a step back and look at all of the cards and say, does this reflect the priorities that I want to have? Am I emphasizing the things I said I wanted to emphasize? Am I spending too much on things that don't really matter? So fix those and do it again until it starts to feel good. Now that you know exactly what's in your deck, you can actually start building the slides. So this is when I fire up my keynote or PowerPoint or whatever and start building them. I usually start by creating a slide per card and just typing in what was on the card into that. So each card is now just blank with a word or a couple of words. And from there, I can start fleshing it out, thinking about what exactly is the text? What kind of visuals make sense? I can start looking at stock photography libraries or you know, product shots that I may have made and think about how they might fit in and support my points because you're always trying to support the message that you're making. Again, for read alone decks, you have to put the whole message in there. For presentation decks, all it needs to do is give more weight to what you're saying. Steve Jobs was a master of this. If you look at his presentations at Apple, there's almost no words on the slides at all. Maybe there's some big point and you'll just see some number drop in from the top and bounce. And that was their sales number, perhaps, or some percentage that's really important. I think he did a great job of telling stories and reinforcing them when he did the MacBook Air launch where he needed to make the point of how small it was. But rather than giving that in millimeters and pounds and what have you, he came out and said it fits in a mailing envelope and then pulled it out of a mailing envelope. And what was the slide over his shoulder? It was a picture of a MacBook Air sitting on a mailing envelope because he wanted that to be the image and the idea that stuck with people. And it did. It got a lot of coverage. If you have enough artistic talent to create the slides and make them look good, awesome. 
go for it. I'm not one of those people. So I create it up to a point. I pick the graphics. I've thought about what kind of general visuals I want. And having done that, it's actually fairly inexpensive to bring in a graphic designer to take that and then bring it to the next level. To go from something that kind of looks clunky when I did it to something that looks beautiful when they did it. Now the deck exists, it's time to start polishing it. If this is a deck that you're going to be presenting in person, it's important to have memorized the content, not the actual words that you're going to say. Because when you've memorized the words, often it comes off as very wooden, very over-rehearsed sometimes and doesn't have good energy. You're busy trying to remember what was the word I was supposed to say, and that just doesn't come off well. What you need to do is know the purpose of every slide and the points you want to make so that as you go through, you can speak extemporaneously about the content that is there and make sure that you actually do hit the points that you were trying to make. But you will need to spend some time making sure that you have fairly consistent language so that you can hit the correct time. Because for any deck, you need to know how many minutes do I have? And you want to make sure you come in at that point consistently. Because if you come in way short, now it looks strange, you're trying to fill time. But even worse, if you go over, now suddenly you're trying to rush through slides, you're skipping important points, you maybe don't get to your final ask at the end. It looks really unprofessional. So you're going to want to practice those delivered presentations a number of times at this point to make sure that you've got the content flow and the timing right. Now you need to start getting feedback from other people. People ideally who are not familiar with your company and what you're doing. And more importantly, people who are willing to hurt your feelings. You need to have folks that can tell you the unvarnished truth. Your parents may love to sit through your, your deck, but they're unlikely to really say harsh things about you. This is where outside advisors come in really useful. I am a professional at hurting people's feelings about their decks. I am able and willing to give very detailed feedback about exactly why and how their baby is ugly. Make these as realistic as you can. If it's a read-alone deck, let the person read it alone without you there to answer questions or looking over their shoulder. If it's a presentation, do it as a presentation. Make it as real as you can. Get the audience sitting there at a table, have your slides, stand up, introduce yourself, speak with passion and energy, everything that you're going to do in that real presentation environment. Afterwards, don't just say, what did you think? Ask specific probing questions to try to get at how your presentation went. Say, where did you get confused in this? Where did you lose interest? Was this something that excited you? If you were in the audience, is this something you'd think about wanting to invest in? How was my presentation itself? What was the energy like? How was my posture, my vocalizations? Did I project? Did I make good eye contact? Did I pace around nervously? How were the visuals? Did this look good? Did the graphics support the message? Was it easy to understand or distracting? Did you get the point of each one of the slides? And finally, ask them to tell you your business back to you. If they really got it, they should be able to tell you the important things about your business. From that, you'll know, did they in fact get those key points? Did they understand your superpower and the most beneficial aspects of your company? In all likelihood, you're not going to hear the answers you wanted to hear. You're going to get some criticism and some feedback. So now it's time to go back 
and refine your presentation yet again. You're going to want to do some reorganization, some clarification, eliminate things, tighten them up, maybe some reorganization. Practice your presentation again. Maybe you didn't have enough energy, up that energy. A lot of people, a lot of engineers have a hard time with that. They think that they're at 11, but the audience thinks that their energy is at about a three. And this never stops. You're going to keep doing this even with your real pitches. When you go in front of investors and they say yes or no, ask them what they thought. Do they have feedback on your presentation? Most people are more than happy to help you improve, even if they're not interested in investing in you. And so you'll need to evolve it. And of course, your company's evolving this whole time. You're changing, you're pivoting, you're learning, you're building new things. And so your deck is never going to be a static object. You're going to be constantly needing to update it to reflect the new realities. Pitching frustrates a lot of founders. It's not their core competency and it's not the core of their business. Their business is about making widgets or providing some kind of a service or creating a marketplace for people, not standing in front of an audience and doing a dog and pony show. They think, why does this matter? Unfortunately, it matters. It's true. It's not core to your business, but your business isn't going to get to do its core thing unless you get this funding. And getting the funding depends on getting the investors excited in you. They're seeing hundreds of companies. Everyone's coming up to them and saying, hey, I've got this amazing idea. I want you to give me your money. And so to stand out in that crowd requires being better than they are. You need to really generate that level of excitement in your audience as quickly as you can. So even though it isn't a core part of your business, it is core to the success of your business. Interestingly, a lot of founders tell me after they've built their deck that it was in fact a helpful process because it's helped them clarify their understanding of their own business. We're often in the weeds and we're looking at all of the details all the time and taking that step back and having to articulate about your business at this high level can be a very clarifying experience. If you use this process to build or substantially revise your deck, I'd love to see it and hear about how it worked. And as incentive, I'm going to give the first 10 people who send me their decks a free one-hour coaching session to give detailed feedback on their presentation. Thanks for listening to this episode of Feel the Boot. I hope you found it useful and interesting, and if so, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. I also encourage you to go check out our website at feeltheboot.com and our Feel the Boot YouTube channel with video versions of these podcasts. Finally, I would really appreciate it if you would share this information with other entrepreneurs. I'm trying to help as many people as possible. Till next time, ciao.